0: who is like a luxe raw denim, but then treats you right like a pajama jean. Kate, what's up, girl? Hey, Mary. It's nice to be back in the studio uh, recording with you, my love. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I've dragged you back here to talk about one rotten tomato of a film. Uh, turkey. Go, 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 go. So, uh, just before, to bury the lead a little bit, not that you won't know what movie we're talking about just from the title of our podcast and how you're listening to it. Um, <laughs> I like Mary, to pretend, let's... <laughs> I like to pretend that everyone blindfolds themselves and, yeah. yeah, and just <laughs> has cue has, uh, it up for them. Alexa, <laughs> yes. play Space Bras, which, by the way, you can do. Oh, very cool! Hey guys. Oh man, if we say Alexa, apparently sometimes it will trigger people's actual systems in their home, like the you know the podcast version. So well. that's a thing. Hey guys, didn't mean to trigger your robots, but this is the world we live in. Uh, we're going to talk about the Wachowski siblings um, and our history with them, and just to. Kick us off. I actually don't have a huge exposure to their entire uh, filmography, but I do know that The Matrix was my favorite movie when I saw it and the first DVD I ever bought, like, as a kid at, like, Blockbuster with, uh, not Blockbuster, Best Buy with, like, my dad. Did you go to a Sam Goody to buy it? No, no, we we went to Best Buy. I remember this vividly because it was like the first movie I purchased myself. Oh. And just like just like how the first album I purchased myself was ever clear so much for the afterglow. That oh. first one really oh. sticks with you, you know? Yeah. But, he, uh, but to be honest, if you hear it, because that was not my first album, but that might have been like my fifth album I ever bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think my first album I ever bought was Some 41, All Killer, No Filler. And you know what? They were right. Every step on that CD is, that is amazing. That is a really good album. <laughs> I'm not like—I'm not that's saying I will go back to some 41 now. I'm saying at that age and that time, like, no, I really want aggressive women singing at me more so than some bros. But like, you know, childhood—that's where we were. What I'm saying is,
1: <laughs> at night in the neighborhood, they call me
0: amphetamine. What I'm saying is father of mine where have you been <laughs> what i'm saying is Fat lip. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm sorry <gasps> well, let's talk a little you know let me just say a couple things about the matrix and then i want to hear what you think about the wikowski siblings what i loved about the matrix was uh now we talk about like a foregone conclusion that we might live in a simulation but At the time, that felt like a pretty unique idea and also horrifying while also being, like, a gorgeous movie while also, like, allowing for, like, if you could unlock this world, you can also, like, bend spoons with your mind. I don't know. It was great. It was fucking great. I don't even know if I like Keanu Reeves that much, but I certainly did in that movie. So, um... Yeah, I do like Keanu Reeves because of um, Bill and Ted, primarily. I was actually thinking we need to do Bill and Ted because it's technically a time travel movie. And um, yeah, I haven't seen it in forever. I'm not sure it's super feminist, but it is... I'm not sure it is either, but it could at least be uh, an interesting uh, examination. Um, Maybe we could even do it as an effort of what would we do to make this a feminist movie? What if it was Belle and... Tina! No, that's bad. The the, the (laughs) babes. Um, Yeah, yeah, although it has given me um, basically my life motto, uh, which I genuinely genuinely live by, which is be excellent to each other. So, like, that it it is a very important part of, like, the person that I am. But, yeah, The Matrix was really cool. I remember it coming out and being amazing. I remember it, it... I mean, like living a simulation. I feel like they didn't necessarily come up. I mean like it's very Philip K For Dick sure. who probably stole For it from sure. somebody else, but like that was his like main deal. Yeah, like, and it's like the idea of Terminator is like you're trying to fight off that future, you know, like you yeah. know it's all connected. But the way it, it, that they it, showed it yes. was and they made existential dread very main a mainstream part of science fiction in a way that I think hadn't in a way that hadn't been done before. So you know, it, it had been explored in other things, but it, like, totally burst onto the scene and was perfectly, perfectly timed for, like, kind of, like, the late, the 90s um, grunge era giving way to yep. kind of a more commercialism um, early oddies. So I think it was, like, it was an interest. it was a great, it was a great film. I loved it. I loved it so much that when the second film came out and I was a little bit older, um, I actually... Purchased myself from Hot Topic a uh, Trinity (laughs) PVC coat. uh, Yeah! Size extra small, which I think now I could probably zip around one of my thighs, maybe? Who knows? (laughs) But for The Matrix Reloaded, and it was sort of... I remember people who are older than me talk about going to see the Phantom Menace in theaters and being so, so, so excited, and then having to, like, kind of come to grips with the fact that it wasn't a very good movie, and like not really being able to handle it, and I remember feeling that way about The Matrix Reloaded. I totally. like had dressed up for it. I had yeah. I loved the first movie. I went to go Me see too. it, opening day at midnight. Blah 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 blah, and it was Same. just kind of a turd. How old were we when the second movie came out? Because I think two thousand two, and I just wonder: have we met yet? Um, I think we might not have met because it was two thousand three. Uh, was when the when Reloaded came out, and you and I met when we were fourteen that summer. But it came out in the spring, so I think it, it came out May seventh. I'm looking at the I've got the manuscript. I love um, that. Also, and, this is super fascinating for anyone else uh, listening. Yeah. Uh, origin <laughs> Let's stories, talk about came. This is important. But you and I met like that July, so it like yeah. came out right before we met each other. That's pretty special. That is special. Yeah. Well, well what, what? How do you feel about the Wachowski siblings? I mean, I guess I kind of feel about them the way. Like, like they're kind of fallen artists to me. They came onto the stage with something. They're, they're sort of um, in my trauma, in Ian, in their way of being, because they, ca- they roared out with something really amazing, and everyone yeah. was like, this is how movies are going to be. No, this is a good. This is a good comparison. Yeah. And they were like, this is going to be like, how movies are made. These are the next, this is the next Spielberg. Like we are going to talk about this person forever. And they're going to basically, they've taken a bunch of stuff that they personally think is very cool and packaged it in a way that has seized American cinema's imagination and heartstrings. And this is like, this is like groundbreaking. And then they just had a big wet fart. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> and they just haven't had it they've never been able to like kind of get over their sophomore slump they're in a perpetual sophomore slump Yep, that, that honestly keeps getting worse I don't think uh, M. Knight has that same problem I think that he is sort of re- actively trying to reinvent himself and find a solution and find his way back to truly Although I interesting did hear stuff that Glass mm-hmm. was I did hear that Glass was not um, an excellent film oh, well. I don't I mean, I'm sorry, Bruce Willis is never... Hot take, Bruce Willis is not going to make another good movie. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I was listening to podcasts talked about how he's pretty much, like, half asleep during some of his movies. Yeah. Like, is this a movie where Bruce Are Willis is going to be awake you? or asleep? <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> so anyway, the Wachowski siblings, we, we call them, meh, we call them uh, not, you know, not... They're, they're just, all right. They just don't seem to be working very hard and i feel yeah. like even i feel like they fall into the even a blind pig finds an acorn every once in a while kind of thing it's just weird yeah. that it was their first acorn i do also yep. genuinely enjoy the movie speed racer but i have to be like very mellow when i watch it because it is so much of a film but it's right. not a good movie i mean like it's it's enjoyable sure. to look at but like you're not you're not going to like your your brain will not be like better for watching speed racer well, and one day I will watch Bound, their uh, lesbian heist movie, because there are just too few lesbian movies that eventually I'm just going to cave. I just haven't been able to, like, get up the desire to watch it, um, yeah. Because for some reason, nothing about that sounds as appealing to me as heist movies, great. Lesbians, great. Wachowski sibling, uh, heist lesbian movie from the 80s, just doesn't, it doesn't name Bound. I'm like, "Mm, I don't, mm, I don't know. So that's, (laughs) that's my very nuanced take on my interest in the Wachowski siblings. (laughs) (sighs) On that lovely note, today we're going to talk about Jupiter Ascending, the Wachowski film, and to... Give us some backbone to this. I'm going to try and just explain some of the rules of this universe. So uh, the way that this world works is that humans are actually from a planet called Cynobolum, uh in a system called Oris, And it humans a, have been wait around a, What is the system called? I'm so sorry. Oros. <laughs> like, oh, okay. What, what did you hear? I definitely heard Orifice, and I was like, it is not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a system called Oros. Uh, I just pronounced the planet name very uh, unconfidently, because I don't know how to pronounce that shit. Anyway, so... Which is in like this their fault. Which is their fault. In this reality, uh, humans have been around for, like, uh, millennia, and... Um, they have great technology, and have figured out how to use DNA to keep you young forever. Like, a hundred humans can create one tiny vial of this DNA elixir that, like, will keep you young forever. Anyway. Similar to Via Coffee. Yeah. But I don't know what that is. But... Oh, Via Coffee is Starbucks instant coffee, which takes, yes. like, seven times the amount of coffee beans, like, a regular drip pot coffee would would take. I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Uh, that's, that's how it translates down. Anyway, so there's a really wealthy family, the Braxis family, and <clears throat> they run this industry. The other thing you need to know is that because genes are so important, they look out for recurrence. It's when like the exact same DNA sequence pops out somewhere in the universe. Um but the planet Earth was planted with humans and harvested, uh, is it, set to be harvested for this purpose. In fact, dinosaurs were made extinct by humans from other planets who just wanted to create a nice big planet uh, that was juicy apple for uh, everyone to enjoy. So then we meet Jupiter. And by then, I mean, we meet Jupiter first, but it's all too confusing for me to go in order. And uh, Jupiter is a recurrence of the former matriarch of the Brassics family and is set to inherit Earth, which uh, the kids want to harvest. And that sets us up for where we are, um, where we meet Jupiter and uh, the kid, the oldest son is trying to kill her. And uh, she realizes that she's kind of royalty. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Anyway, Mary? Any leave out anything important there in our background? Oh my god, this movie is such a this is movie That's why like, I had to explain all that, because I'm like, this movie is the fucking worst, and I just need you all to know oh. that like trying to explain this movie to someone in a way that is logical requires you to not even go at all in the order that the film works in. You know what I mean? This movie is like a shaggy dog joke. Oh, <laughs> like, it is but not, but not but not less funny. enjoyable, and I don't really like <laughs> Yeah, but I don't even really like shaggy dog jokes, and I would rather listen to I'd rather listen to two hours of someone tell me a shaggy dog joke than watch this movie for a fourth time. Um, So (laughs) yeah, guys. Usually, I tell you to press pause and go watch a movie. Don't bother. That's that's um, my hot take. It's on HBO um, if you really want to see it. But I mean, if you're trapped inside with a polar vortex like we are in the great city of Milwaukee. You could do worse, I suppose, if you're just going to watch TV anyway, and it's on HBO now, now, and you can watch it. Go for it. Yeah. But, you know, there's new Kimmy Schmidt. I don't know. Yeah. What's good Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah. yeah, Watch Shit's Creek, which I just started watching and love. It's so funny. I can't, like, the latest season is on, and I can't wait for it to post to Netflix, because I really adore that show. I have not seen a couple... A couple have better chemistry. Oh my god! Than right, David and Patrick. I have not been like so invested and charmed by a relationship on television in I don't know how long. Like, it just their their natural chemistry is so good. Any whoozle. So now that I've explained the backbone of this tragic movie, Mary, first impressions. So I had seen this movie before. So my first impression is sort of like a like a second glance impression i would say my first impression is i watched this movie because i heard it was terrible and i couldn't believe (laughs) i couldn't believe that it could be as bad as it had been purported to be i mean like so many people have covered this movie to be like a total turkey it was a total flop people did not like it people were like what even is this and and i kind of left it at that when after i watched it i was sort of like ho 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 this is a bloated dumb movie (laughs) And moved on with my life. Sure. The, I thought the greatest, on the first viewing, I thought the greatest tragedy of this film is that they underutilized Channing Tatum's babe factor. Oh, my God. Not only like did they underuse it, they, like, sabotaged it. They made yes. him blonde in a way that is not okay and oh. doesn't work for his skin tone. And Even worse, they gave him a jaw insert to make him yep. look more wolfy. that made it so he couldn't close his mouth, which is why he doesn't speak correctly in this film. It's fucking bizarre. When you have a mega babe like Channing Tatum, which you do... Of mega Babe, like, Mila Kunis. Like, what? Like, it Oof. could have been better. That wouldn't have solved this movie. There are many, no. many things that would have so, had to happen. But, like, it just is, like, icing on the cake of the insult of what this movie is. Yeah, it's just a... It's a final... It's a final kick in the ribs before they, they push you out into the snow. Yep. So, um... But I... So, when we... So, when we agreed we were going to watch this, I was kind of like, what a lark. What a lark. How funny <laughs> this will be. And... I just got mad. Then... <laughs> Yeah, so on second viewing of, for the pod, I was forced to evaluate the central themes in a way that I had kind of like, in in a, in a effort of self-preservation, allowed myself to gloss over the first time I watched it. And I got so worked up that I had an emergency third viewing hours before <laughs> we're recording this pod just to really stoke the furious fires that are currently roaring in my belly. Um, You're a stronger super woman than movie. I. Uh, is oh. all I have to say of that because I did not. Do I was it on a plane for CVR. three hours. not fair. Actually, the first time I ever saw it was on a plane. Um, that was my first interaction with it, and I had such a crush on training Tatum at that point, um, which I still do, but not quite to the degree that I did then. That I almost tried to let it pass on the nature of at least there's a lot of training Tatum, but it now watching it, it's like. Girl, you weren't even getting any of your needs met, and I'm talking about me in this movie, not even Mila Kunis. <laughs> me. Me. <laughs>
1: yeah, this movie, this
0: movie underperformed in so many ways. Yep. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's let's dive in. As we've mentioned, uh, it stars Mila Kunis as Jupiter Jones, uh, Channing Tatum as Kane Wise, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Redmayne as Balaam Abraxas. I would like to just say. This is the movie that taught me not to uh, blame actors for terrible performances because the performance he gives, which is bananas is one thousand percent what the Wachowski siblings wanted they spent hours with him and were obsessed with the way he could do exactly what they wanted so he was kind of like and you know he like it was like one of those things it's like when you have a client and you're like all right we can do one of three things we can do this thing that's boring we can do the thing that i think we should do or we can do this crazy horrible nasty thing that you don't want at all like you know that they were like that's the one he's like you want me to his whisper talk for the whole movie? <laughs> That's what you want me to do. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Also Sean Bean pops up in this movie as a guy named Stringer. We'll we'll get. We'll get Shane The the rest of, the rest of the people aren't names I recognize, so I'm not going to bother naming. Them. Except for except for the the stunning name of Tuppence Middleton. Yes a Abraxas, and I did I did actually put all the names there, guys. I looked them up. I, I care. I just don't really care Tubbins to read them all to you. Toppins of bag. Toppins. 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 Toppins Do you think that, that, that her parents sang that to her when she was a baby? That would actually be kind of cute. That would be but super cute, but it would be super why that you everyone need... else did. Yeah, why would you did name you? a kid after a piece of money? It might Ugh. just be her stage name, you know? Like maybe her name was like Temperance, and she was like, that's ah, a little too weird. Let's what if go her name and... was Temperance! What if she what if she went, what if she broke Amish and came to be a movie star? You never oh know. <laughs> the world a wild yes. place. <laughs> the world time is weird. The time is weird. Uh, time is a weird thing. Um Alright, so we want to talk about uh Jupiter, who I keep almost calling Juniper constantly in my brain. I have to really like focus to not do that. So um, Jupiter, as our protagonist, Jupiter, I, I kind of barely mentioned because again, the world's too convoluted, but um, she. It's born to a loving mother and father. Her father dies almost instantly. He was an astronomer, so her mother names her uh, after what he wanted. And now they live in America. Which was Jupiter. Which was Jupiter, which she rightly dismissed, but you know. To be fair, his name is Maximilian Jones. Yeah, no, so. <laughs> Very odd. So, our so yeah, name key, is Jupiter he was like, Jones. She will suffer. So. <laughs> she will suffer as I have. Yeah. So they now live in America in this house that I swear to God, Mary. I originally thought was like one of those like human trafficking homes, where like you have like a guy bullying you into labor. And apparently, they're all just related they, in family. But it does, yeah, no, still it's uh, very fucked up. Yeah, no, I mean, I would say the nicest way I could put it is that they are cartoony rural doll poor. Yeah. Like, they're like seconds away from everyone sleeping in a bed, like feet head feet head feet head. Yeah, like that's that is the level that they have decided to portray this situation to us. Yep. And so they scrub. She she scrubs toilets for a living. It felt like they mentioned toilets a ton in this movie. But when I uh, when I tried to do control F in the script, apparently. I'm just imagining that. But I swear to God, they mentioned how she scrubbed no, toilets like a million a times. Well, it's wild. Well, you see it a lot. And then there are, like, a couple key scenes where they discuss it again. Yeah. Like, my Our mother, mother would, have would scru- never have scrubbed, scrubbed, scrubbed a toilet. toilet. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. she she later talks about scrubbing a toilet with uh, Channing Tatum, like, earlier in the movie, too. So, like, there's at least... it's. It's a hook in this movie for yeah, it's sure. It's a and theme. I get... I'm not just saying it. It's thematic, guys. Come on. It is. It is. And I will get into it because I think that actually it's it's quite it's quite terrible. So what do you um, think of our of our protagonist? Does she all... seem to have any ambitions or goals or personality or anything? Sorry, I I might have so um (laughs) mike mike ryan of um uprocks.com wrote a review for this which he included this amazing point where he says and he's talking specifically actually about channing tatum's character but i feel like for every character this is true yeah and it's you're it's like you have are supposed to have read a comic book that featured all these characters before and and as he puts it when they first appear in the movie, it really does feel like the film wants you to say, ah, yes, my favorite character. Good to see you again, old friend. How we've grown over the years. I hope you succeed again. Like, that is how it feels. Like, it's just sort of like, you're just sort of, like, dropped on characters. Yes. And every entrance is treated like, and I think it's because they were like, on rewatching it. It's going to feel like this. But, but no. No, nah, <laughs> nah, and it fails on first watch. No. Like, I don't know these characters, so it's not like some epic opening to see this because it's not nothing's intriguing about it anyway, sorry. And what's weird is like those sort of triggers do sort of work. Like you you know that they're missing. You know that you're supposed to know something about them. So I found myself sort of stretching and being like, "Well, Jupiter is a really weird character. What is the thing she's based on supposed to be like?" And what I arrived at was a very young character. Like yeah, her. Yeah, she's her. supposed to be like an OG fairy tale child. Yeah, like or like like I kept thinking of Wizard of Oz and how weird it, like the original Wizard oh, of yeah, Oz. Dorothy's books. supposed to be like twelve or something. Yeah, she's a kid. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then uh, Judy Garland, you know, was was like eighteen when she did the role, so she's like much older and it's sort but of weird. But 14. she has like yeah, yeah, but she has like a lot of charisma, so she can kind of like and it's it's a dreamy kind of silly fantastical film anyway, so you can kind of, like, gloss over the fact that it's sort of weird that she's acting so childish in it, but it's very difficult to do that with this film. Like, I cannot believe that we are supposed to identify with Jupiter as, like, I
1: don't know, a woman (laughs) in
0: her early 20s who needs... who says, I hate my life every day and has to be woken up by another adult family member every day. Like, that is not... She's, like, a sullen teenager. It's not... It's really, it makes her performance baffling and I think kind of impossible. Yeah. It's an impossible character to really play and bring any depth to because I think we're supposed to really like her and feel like she's like good and kind hearted. But like, there's actually no evidence to that except that Mila Kunis has a cute face. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing in the movie that like in, in the initial interaction that suggests she's a particularly great human. You know what I mean? Yeah, and she's sort of... She's given... Poor uh, Kunis has to deliver some, like, truly dismal dialogue over the course of this film. Actually, I felt like I tried to keep track of all the times uh, Jupiter said things that didn't make me groan, (laughs) and I just simply stopped because it wasn't happening. Like, (laughs) Like, it wasn't worth my time to mark it down because it would have been so few. But, like, she kind of, like, skirts this thing where she's sort of incredulous a lot but then not incredulous enough like she's like i don't understand anything of what's going on are you a vampire species and you're like whoa girl whoa where did you pull that from what is your frame of reference where you can just like kind of in a jaded way ask someone if they're a vampire species yep. hold on yeah and then so it's either that or she's trying to deliver like Han Soli and wisecracks, but they don't like land. They just kind of like flump through the floor sadly and roll around for a little bit. <laughs> Clunk, yeah. Clunk, or she's saying, or she comes across as like very like, girl next door, hey, call me Jupe. Please call me Jupe. Is like something that she says to another human being in this movie. Yeah. Well, maybe another human being because. This is a universe where we have human beings, then we have mouse-eared women, then we have oh my a bird dog too angel. Too many creatures, and yeah. like they try to give them all like distinct. They try to give too many creatures distinct origin stories. That then all the ones that they don't, it just stands out. Like it doesn't work. It looks like you've just mashed like six movies together. It is so confusing and odd. I do it's not totally- like it. It's totally like you've just dumped out a toy. It's it's totally like your kid who just throws all your Legos and Ninja Turtles and action figures and your Barbies all in the same box. And you've just mixed it all up. And now you've dumped it out and you're somehow playing with all of them at one so time. So it's kind of like completely. Toy Story, except that Toy Story knows what it is. This doesn't also, know toy what Story, it is. Also, Toy Story understands that like scale is a big deal. <laughs> and that like, <laughs> totally. we're not... You can't have, like, a Lego man, like, shake hands with a Barbie doll. Like, it just doesn't work. It would not work. That would be very, very odd. That Barbie can just step on that Lego man. Yeah, your brain, like, as humans, we just know that that's, like, not something we're going to accept, that there are, like, sentient beings on the same level. Like, we're not going to (laughs) accept that there is, like, there's a mouse-eared girl and then also... Flying, uh, lizard 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 bikers. They're, yeah. they're, like, they look like gargoyles in every way, except that they're clearly lizards. It is very odd. Except they have dinosaur face and leather jackets. Uh Uh-huh. It's weird. But, like, they move the way that you would imagine a gargoyle would move. Yes. It's at least what my notes said. I don't, you know what, I was very... frustrated while watching this movie so whatever
1: (laughs) hey guys welcome
0: to my world (laughs) so i mean if we're saying like is she a noteworthy protagonist the answer is simply no like she doesn't she's not i don't i hot take first hot take of my notes i don't think jupiter learns anything of substance over the course of this film Yeah. um, So we've talked about this before. Like, does anything meaningful happen or change from, you know, the very beginning of the movie and the very end of the movie? And the answer is kind of, kind of, but like not materially. Like, she hates her life initially. She goes through this whole film. She comes back. She decides she no longer hates her life and isn't going to change anything about it. I think the biggest problem with this film is that the main thing that changes, that like the only like kind of matter of fact, concrete, rubber meeting the road thing that changes between the two, between when Jupe I'm calling her Jupe because she asked me to, starts (laughs) the film and ends the film is that she doesn't, she will not actively say she hates her life anymore. Also, she owns the planet Earth, but but that doesn't really matter. In That's your like a life. footnote. Yep. Like, I mean, like, really, and the, I don't even like. It's like later on that we I get to this, so I like don't even want to like get into it right now. But I think that the main issue with it is that she has not been given a hero's journey that would allow her to come home and realize that what she wanted to be was in Kansas this whole time. Yes, like, like it doesn't have the Wizard of like it's it's so no. the Wizard of Oz, and that she keeps on being like, I just want to go home, but like. There's no, there's nothing of value. Like there's no, they don't film, know how to pay it off. You know, this film could also have had the narrative arc of she starts dating a guy, let's say Channing Tatum, and they move in together, and it turns out he's a deadbeat, and she has to pay all the bills, and it's and he doesn't treat her right, and then she moves back home, and she realizes, hey, actually my family is pretty good. Like you could That'd have that be more payoff. That would be, like, it would certainly be more relatable. Like More people have lived that life than like (laughs) this. Than than finding out that you're a reincarnation of someone. But, like, we don't know if you're actually similar to that person at all or any of the values or anything else like that. You just happen to, like, have inherited the planet Earth and, like, don't read too much into it and don't ask too many questions. And also, we're not going to give you enough answers. And here we go. Here we're at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. That's my real summary. Yeah. So it's like, it's really hard because you as the viewer are forced to make some really, either you're supposed to believe some, you're asked to believe one of two very classist narratives. Either you are to believe that Jupiter should not enjoy her life because she is poor. Okay. And is a maid, what could be worse? Or you're asked to believe it's right that Jupiter is a maid because really what more could one be? And you're like, well, why is this my choice? Like, yeah, there's this is a there false economy. Better, like, there, there, there are, should not yeah. be my only options. Like, I should yeah, not have to, like, then feel guilty. Like, <clears throat> this movie walks me into a pretzel and I hate it. I resent it. I don't feel like she has any agency ever in this film, even at the end. Because she's sort of like a fish... She, she's not sort of... She is explicitly a fish out of water this entire film. Like... We really, oh, we, we, I don't even really know what her, like, what her central, like, home base really is. I'm kind of surprised that it's her home. Because she begins, the the movie begins by showing her mother, by showing a scene that I had to ask is this supposed to be comedic where her father gets murdered randomly? (laughs) And the way it's played is just so weird. And then her mother literally gives birth to her while crossing. An ocean to come to America. And Jupiter is like, So I'm not really from anywhere. I'm just like loose in the world. I have no country. I have no people. I'm just here. I hate my life. So I'm kind of surprised she wants to like go back to her house at the end of it. I'm like, I thought, I thought you didn't really like feel connected to this at all. And then, so the central, I would say the central driver of her plot is not her. She's sort of. She's sort of caught up because she's this reoccurrence of this incredibly important person, and she's... This incredibly wealthy person. Yes, right, yes. And there are these three siblings that want to use her as a pawn between them because she's a reoccurrence of their mother. So, um... Uh, and being a reoccurrence, their mother had left uh, in her will that she would inherit the planet Earth if she ever was reincarnated, brought back in the exact same DNA sequence. Which because, makes me ask, what is the legal system? Actually, we kind of know what the legal system is like here. I'm like, no lawyer would allow that. There ought to be a contingency. Who's been taking care of Earth this whole time? Because it, it fell into Balam's hands unless she had a recurrence. So, like, it was his... Right. Um, And they say her other brother, like, already, her other son had already uh, squandered his inheritance. And I have no idea what Kalik has done because we literally know nothing about Kalik. She's, like, on the screen for, like, maybe 90 seconds. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But so the central central plot line is that she's caught between these two brothers. Titus wants to rescue her for mysterious reasons and hires um, Channing Tatum to go down to Earth and pluck her up and deliver her to him. And Balaam wants to kill her and has hired the world's most generic greys to to carry out that mission. And so there's like, that's kind of the central, like she's kind of like batted around like a ping pong ball between those two main groups. It's way more complicated than that, but that I think is a pretty decent summary. Yeah. You don't Um, really want more than that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so Channing Tatum kind of like runs her life for a while, like takes her out of places and what's kind of forced here is and weird is she basically without any chemistry or like slow build or even a meet cute is immediately in love with him is immediately in love with him which and i mean like, i get channing tatum is beautiful but they make him less beautiful and also yeah it's weird that there isn't like like they don't like let him be cute and flirty with her, you know. Like he has to be like the well, most stiff and like cardboard of humans. So like, well, and it also makes sense when you watch it. It kind of feels like if your boss was coming on to you. Like he's like giving her every sign that she does. He does not want her to touch him. Uh huh. And she's just keeps being like, "Why do I always fall for unattainable men?" And he's like yo girl I am a different species than you (laughs) like that is his answer and her response is I love dogs I've always loved dogs oh my god what a creep fucking worst thing (gasps) ever well and then he's convinced by Sean Beam, like you know that you actually are in love with her right and that the only reason why you're pushing her away is because you finally found your pack and it's like is that what's happening it's very unclear that that's what was happening (laughs) <laughs> is that what we want to be happening? <laughs> yeah. uh. Can we talk about what Sean Beam is? Like, so, so you know, Kane so is, is... Yeah. Kane is a spliced human-wolf hybrid thing. Um who, because of his genetics, something in his DNA made him attack a royal. And therefore, his DNA does run his world. But don't ask if uh, if Jupiter's DNA runs her world, because she's not your mother. And I don't, I'm not Also, P.S., her, gen- her genetics completely run her world. I, it all just makes no sense, because we never find out if she's actually anything like her mother. I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, but Sean Bean... What is he? He's like half human half bee. How does the bee part manifest? Wolf, I get well, bee, I don't. Well, um, well, Kate, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have if you don't have a reason for there to be a million beehives, how are we to find out that she is in fact royalty? as bees are the most notorious <laughs> detector of royalty in the air? Yes, it's why they'll never sting someone who's royal. It's why Jupiter's never been stung. Instead, they like they fly around her like like wings. It is the fucking most. Bizarre and, shit. and that's why I will get that for you, team. That is my promise and that's why she to you. You will get a flaps. gippable moment, of flapping bee wings. All right. sorry. Well, and even better, before she realizes that they're like into her, and she's like trying to like kind of flap them away. She's flapping them away as if they are like a common house fly. I'm like, girl. Nobody interacts with bees that way. No, especially like, that many bees. Like, I would be, like, running because I usually get stung by, like, four bees if that many bees are around me. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, she's, like, flapping them away as if they're, like, an annoying like, fly. And she's trying Like, at the beach. It's crazy. Although, if she's um, never been stung, she maybe doesn't know to have the fear. Are you... St- I mean... <laughs> That's the only thing I can say. Listen, Mary, that I'm trying to bring logic to you. seems <laughs> crazy to me. But, like, I really have, like, major beef with... This. So, like, the love story is the only central plotline that I think has any sort of real payoff. And I really hate that. <laughs> because yeah. it puts her in this position... So she'll write, like, a lot of stories about fate. And this is a story definitely about fate and, like... Genetic destiny Yeah, right? she was born uh, What is the exact line? I have it here Born in the house of Leo with Jupiter rising At 23 degrees ascendant She is destined for Great love and a great life And, so and great he is things her, in general So he is her, her destiny. destiny Yes, her density As my father would say <laughs> so. Which is also crazy too because Like genetics and astrology Have absolutely nothing To do with each other so, does any of that matter in this universe? Unclear. Like, she starts the movie by telling you that unclear. I mean, like, wh- what? It doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't actually make it's sense. It's super annoying no. that we spend a lot of time on genetics and like, there's no actual payoff about genetics. Like, about like, like I really wanted there to be this. This moment where, like, she actually feels some sort of, like, resonance with, like, the previous person or, like, some sort of calling or some sort of, you know, any anything. I wanted this movie to be different, is what I'm saying. And that's what I realized when I was writing down notes, is that this movie could be great if it was totally different, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... So, right. So, this is a story about fate. And she just kind of bobs around along the current of the story. She never is, like, fully engaged. so like she doesn't take a lot of action. She just, like, gets kidnapped no, it's and dropped passive. off and kidnapped and dropped off kind of constantly. It's and weird. she changes her clothes a lot. And they make a really big deal out of that. So, she changes her clothes over the course of this film, like, six or seven times. Yeah. And it's usually, like... Someone dresses her up. Yeah, it's either she's like in like jeans that su- that Channing Tatum pulled onto her unconscious body, which is wild weird, to think about. Weird, like <laughs> super fucking weird. Also, when he when he rescues her, right, she's in that egg donating center with all the grays trying to kill her, and she's like flying around loose in the air wearing a a paper gown, and I was like, Jesus, better take me home. If a man that fine ever saw me like that. Like, yeah, it does make just, sense why he would just, like put clothing on her, but like also don't put clothing on you while I'm asleep, you creep. Here's the thing. Here's the thing drape me loosely in a bathrobe yes. and then leave clothes yes. by me oh my god it's an easy solution that doesn't require you dressing me which is very okay not okay <laughs> well and especially since like the clothes she is wearing like he fed her legs into skinny jeans oh, yeah. and he put a and, like, little shirt on her jerks he put them multiple up her. can you <laughs> imagine like trying to shake a body into some skinny jeans it's an he upsetting would... image guys <laughs> He put a brazier on her, and then a tank top, and then a. <laughs> yeah, let me layer you up here. I have all these handy lady layers. <laughs> not that women's clothing needs to be women's clothing, but she's wearing like what is clearly gendered clothing, guys. All right, I'm not. I would, I'm not gendering clothing. Mila Kunis, and by that I mean the Tusky siblings are. All right, our, there we go. Gendering clothing. <laughs> yeah. What my favorite? I would actually love lots of cuts. I would like like sort of like. Like B side of this movie, where it's just Kane Wise. Kane wise, by the way. Kane Wise. Yeah. Shooting datum is Kane Wise, the wolf, the wolf man.
1: Going out
0: (laughs) going out and doing things like going into a target and picking out an outfit for for Yes! No, I would... Okay, but to be honest, In I would watch the shit boots. out of that movie. Because, let's be honest, just like a lot of Channing Tatum doing real weird but somehow relatable things is a better movie than this one. Okay? Um, yeah. Wise Kane-wise, Kane-wise going to the DMV to get his driver's <laughs> yes. license because to the Wachowski siblings, it makes more sense and they want us to dis- suspend our disbelief enough to believe that an alien bird dog man can drive a car rather than let Jupiter drive the car. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I, like, hate that. Like, I hate that she's just such a damsel. I hate it. It's so yep. dumb. And it's funny because it is not clear that Kanewise, Wise, our hero, I guess, like, needs a damsel. Like, it's not like he would have, like, been upset about someone being strong, you know? No, like, in fact, he would very much, he would very much prefer the damsel stop coming on to him. Yeah. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I mean, this is a job. Also, your royalty, which does mean something to me and makes me very uncomfortable. Also, I might have a weird dog penis and maybe it's not for you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Just Which is saying. all the more confused by the fact that he's a skyjacker, and they then give you, like, genetic, like, biogenetic wings. So he's, like, a winged dog. Oh, my having, God. At, like, the end, yeah. at the end, when they're on top of the Willis Tower, and he, like, unfurls his wings. And wraps them around her. Oh, I was like, what is it's like, tentacles. This? Porn. Oh, feather porn. It's, there's got to be a better name than feather porn. Anyway, I think it's I think it's like grown porn, and I don't mean that in a good grown kind of way. I mean that in an ugh kind of way. If you just like, if you get really turned she, on by her feeling oh porn. Yes, if you get really turned on by feeling weary, confused, and agitated, this, this movie is the porn you. for you. <laughs> yes. Um. Oh, great. One of my are favorite w- moments. One of my favorite moments in the movie is when Titus meets her and says, you know, and it's like being like, You're a reoccurrence, just like my mama. I knew her super well. She was my favorite. We probably had sex. It's deeply implied. It and is then he's, so weird and Freudian. It is yeah. like, so weird. Yeah, yeah. And then he tells her he probably knows more about her than she knows about herself. And I was like, and I actually said aloud as I was watching it for the second time, I believe you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jupiter does not seem to know anything about her, herself because she her didn't exist are. except for her age like day 2 and then 18 like they didn't give her any sort of backstory how would yeah, she know what she is it's she's so like a weird she's like a baby and then a sullen adolescent in the body of a 20 year old like those very, are very very absurd this is such a weird choice this movie, guys. Um, <laughs> go watch it right now. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's annoying because it's annoying because this movie is totally operating on very classic themes of like being plucked from obscurity, right? Like, yeah. here she is and she thinks it's it's totally the prince and the pauper or um any number of classic tales. I was trying to remember. There's a great Disney Channel. You know, it's just like movie. HBO. There's like, <laughs> it's just like HBO. It's just like Game of Thrones. Like this idea that like, um, you're picked out one in a million and you're actually destined for greatness. And but like all yeah. of that, like there are trials, and then the person like steps up to it. And this one, she like decides that like it's not worth saving her family in order to like sacrifice all of planet earth and therefore like steps on an ipad i don't i don't know like that yeah It just there's like a lot of growth you know yeah i mean her the point of these kind of movies is that somebody has luke skywalker somebody has a birthright and then they have to kind of earn it yeah you have to grow into it to be to be satisfying as a story she doesn't earn it at all No, she just, like, falls down a lot, gets picked, gets swooped up by Channing Tatum and rescues. Yeah, gets rescued a million times by Channing Tatum. Smashes an evil iPad that contains a contract that would allow her to scan her wrist and sell the world to an obvious whispery madman, shoots that whispery madman in the knee, and then allows herself to be rescued for the last time. Mm -hmm. She doesn't plan anything. She doesn't choose anything. Inaction is... What she starts with and what she ends with. And it's so frustrating. In fact, we find out that the one thing, the one thing we are given as a glimpse of the similarity between her and original genetic disposition and her current one. And guys, <clears throat> there's obviously something about nature over nurture. Nurture over nature is what I meant to say. Um, I get that, but the idea that you would share an entire like exact identical genetic pool with someone and not be anything like them is ridiculous. So it's stupid that we didn't get to go more into like who this original woman was. But anyway, um, he she finds out like right before like she has to like kill Balaam or whatever that like before my mother died she said she hated her life and begged me to do it, and that's why she stopped saying she hates her life is that like. Someone else said that and then died. Like I doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense anyway. <clears throat> I hated the entire genetics thing from multiple angles and actually got me like super angry. Because on two, there's kind of like I have two main beefs with the genetics. Go thing. for it. Tell us. So I I actually don't super mind that we don't that the reoccurrence stuff is not explained to us. To me, that's like merely a device to get her up in space. And then have her I be like a pawn that gets moved between these siblings, and eventually she's supposed to like rise and like smack them all down and like defeat them in their own game. Like, yeah, I I get that and I agree with that. I just I feel like there yeah. was a lot of opportunity. If like if you existed like one hundred percent, you genetically existed before, wouldn't you be so curious as to what you were like? Yes, they should have, or it's, they should have been like, it's or they that should we have didn't had a, know that, right? Or there should have been a moment where it's like. Actually, none of this actually matters. Like, we need to know one way or the other, and it's never clear. It's never clear that she's exactly like the mother or she's nothing like the mother. It's just because we never know for sure. Everything is an unreliable narrator about the mother. I kept waiting for the mother to actually be still alive in this. And, like, it'd be, like, a weird, like, a weird twist of fate kind of thing. fascinating. Yeah. That would have been interesting, because, like, a reoccurrence, it, it's not, like, reincarnation is a thing. They don't ever tell us that that's a thing. Well, they so call it really just reincarnation. Like, they, like, Kalik says well, this is our version of reincarnation, says, but we've both talked about the fact that, like, who's to say that, like, you couldn't have a recurrence while you're still alive? Cause it yeah, doesn't... I mean, I think it's just, I think it's just a numbers game. Like, right? Like, yeah, if we that's... had to believe... That they have like if you hundreds. put a bunch of monkeys in like a room with typewriters, eventually, like, yeah. like, Shakespeare, yeah. Well, and these people are supposed to have like hundreds of planets that are very similar to Earth, so the likelihood that genetics would—I mean, like, I can just—I disp- can believe that in a in a context of a story, I can be like, sure, that's possible. But the thing I really my my first beef of it was that on the one hand, we're told that like genes have like kind of the spiritual like. Flavor. We're explicitly told that, that in these people's universe, genes have a spiritual significance. And that spiritual significance seems to be that they determine whether or not you're going to be like Jupe and be able to sweep around in ball gowns and own the universe, the world, as opposed to um, Kane Wise, who has to have dog ears and Tron rollerblades. Okay, so that's, like, one thing where we're, like, it's sort of like a caste system, right? And that's determined by your genes. Just, and that's very understandable to us because we have a concept of, like, a royal family. So, like, okay. Totally. Like, you can have that as a construct, and then you can, like, take that narrative in multiple different directions however you want. But also, genes are kind of, like, just a bureaucratic matter. Like, you have that whole Terry Gilliam, Brazil, Bobo, crappy Harry Potter section where it's like, well, now that she's here, we have to, like, process her and figure out where the earth goes, and she has to do all this stuff, and it's just like, okay, so maybe it's actually just, like, paperwork? All right, your jeans are paperwork. It's very... But then, then finally, in a final, like, twist of the stupidity knife, no, actually what it turns out is that jeans are a cross between a giant tub of Mary Kay time-wise age-defying cream... (laughs) And a soybean field. So actually, what it is is, it's not like the Matrix where the machines need us as batteries and they're sucking the lifeblood out of us, literally. They're just liquefying it so that they don't look old anymore. Well, I think, Which that, is, I think it's so that not only do they not, you know. Yeah, it, it replaces their, their body so they can live. They can and, live forever, but like. But the way, like, the like the way that the Matrix showed us that was they showed us a baby laying on top of a bunch of mechanical stuff while, no, like, crazy juice yeah. gets sucked out of them. And in this, they show us a naked older woman going into a pool and coming out a younger woman. Like, it's just so stupid. Yeah. And to have this idea of, I mean, like, and I feel like I had to connect these dots for myself, where these, you have to have a world exist long enough for there to be enough genetic like interesting genetics and and differences between people's gene pools such that when you liquefy them and put them into a little bottle that it you won't get some sort of like gene mutations and problems that's what like harvesting means like where you're just entering your genetic age age like your genetic age quote unquote yeah so it really is just like a crop like you're waiting for my genes to be ripe so that you can pick me right like humanity is waiting for that so, like, either it's a, it's a commodity, like, that's that thing, it's a piece of, like, bureaucratic nightmare scenario that it would be, like, a ripoff of Brazil... Or maybe it's manifest destiny and royalty and all that stuff. But they kind of want it to be all those things at once. And it just can't. Yeah. Like, it cannot be that that way. way. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the movie lies to me about what the significance of genes are. And by the way, none of those things are what I would describe as having spiritual significance. No, it does. That's the thing. They talk about it having spiritual significance. They talk about reincarnation, but they never give us any of the spiritual side of it. Which they could. They've they've talked about Eastern religions. They they could have like hamstrung something into there, and they don't. Or it, or it could. Have been I only like, mentioned or, Eastern or, religions because that's exactly what they would have done, and we all know it anyway. Yeah, I mean that's that that's definitely what the visuals tell us. But like Milkaunas could easily be we could be like genetic Jesus. That's also possible. Yeah, like the chosen right? one. Something like that. that that's, yeah, they did that in And every in the generation Matrix? there is born a slayer. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So <Simba, laughs> everything the light it. touches. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. That's a very, very typical trope. And they yeah. don't have with it. And yet somehow they biff it. And then, so that's like my, that's my main, like, kind of like from a narrative perspective, like kind of looking at it, like from medium focus perspective, what I hate about it. Then blown out further isn't it weird that we have a movie made by a trans person two trans that people is... two trans people they both come out as trans oh That's... oh i thought it was just lana but yep. okay isn't it weird that we have a movie made by trans people about how important your genetics are into being your core self Yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd take. That's, that is something that, like, I kept thinking about in terms of, like, the DNA thing is, like, yeah, I'm, but who's to say that there isn't, like, I don't, yeah, I, I can't, I'm gonna. I mean, it's just, it seems bizarre to me, and, and it's even, like, as Americans, right, like, it's a huge part of our mythology as a country and as a people That you are born something and then you become the person that you want to be. Like actually, actually, kind of deciding that the thing that you're born to be is not actually who you are and that being okay and that actually, and that you like live up to your full potential as a human being by defying the things that you're born to be, quote unquote is very American and very understandable. It's not even like I'm saying, how dare they not make a story that's exactly about the trans experience? They don't have to. No, of course. you would think, you would think, like, it's not like it would be shocking to see that. Like, I don't think a studio system would be like, America's not ready for that. Because America is ready for that. That is part of who we are as people. And... I would think that if you had trans people telling that story, it would be even more interesting and important at this time. It's just such a goddamn waste. It's what people expect the story to do, which I think is important in terms of this film. And because something has to be expected. We expect there to be a, a tale told to us, and it's not really... And number two, you have this whole other element because you've introduced the idea of genetics and being born a certain way and then that defining who you are. You would think that they would have interesting perspectives on it. And yet they just like kind of like wasted away. It doesn't make sense. I don't know what they're trying to tell me about genetics. I think what I'm supposed to believe is that genetics are very, very are actually very, very important and actually the only thing that kind of matters. Because that's where they leave me with in the narrative. And it's annoying, because I don't believe that. Well, they kind of leave us there, and then they also simultaneously, like, try to, like, undo that by having, like, this showdown where um, Jupiter says to Balaam, I'm not your mother. Like, it's very odd, because on one hand, Cain's like... It's just in my genetics, the fact that, like, I want to attack royals. And then we have her being like, I'm not this thing just because of my genetics. And it doesn't... They can't pick goddamn lane, is my beef. I, I don't believe that they pick a lane, personally. Um, that's my read. Uh, I think that they try to have it both ways, which is... I think so much of the problem with this movie is that they try to have all the things and not just choose some fucking themes and stick with them. Which is how you tell a story. So all of that, very insightful. Excellent. Uh, Ms. Johnston. I want to bring us to the morality of the piece. Uh, We have... We've talked about how Jupiter starts the movie hating her life, cleaning toilets, whatever goes through a bunch of trials and tribulations, meets each of the Abraxas siblings, starting with Kalik, going up to Balaam, wherein he's trying to, like, torture her family, and she decides she'd rather be able to torture her family than uh, sell Earth to him, because she'd rather keep Earth safe. And that's great. That's good. Whatever. And then she goes back home, and is like, I don't hate my life anymore. I'm waking up earlier than everyone. I'm making everyone coffee. My life is so perky and good. And what is the moral of this movie, Mary? What are, like, what is the takeaway that we're supposed to have? I wrote down so many possible morals, and they're all bad. Yep. <laughs> Me too. So I, I mean, so we can just kind of go back and forth, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think on, like, ugh, I'm trying to even, like, like, get around to it. Cause it's just so okay I can I you know let me just start us off with like don't hate what you have you gotta love your life exactly the way it yeah. is what is that I think it's really okay to ask for more personally and like that's just such a like weird jaded narrative to give to the end of a space opera like what it it would be great if this were Pippin but it's not it doesn't it doesn't do any of the work you know well I think the question the question that i have about that is you could argue that it's quite subversive to have a person learn that they are they own the world and they're like it's mentioned by titus of very much in passing where basically they're like you don't know what you're gonna or actually it's mentioned by um oh man what's the sister's name Kalik. I has it's better my ties or colleague, but they say like you don't know what you're gonna do once people start offering you vast amounts of money, and I was like, ooh, this is gonna be a searing indictment of capitalism. So yep. it's kind of it like it skirts being a little bit of of like a satirical take on like what capitalism could become, but but then it pulls back drastically and it kind of settles into this like very banal take about like. Well, isn't it incredibly interesting and subversive that she would... She owns the Earth, but she goes back to scrubbing the Earth's toilets. Which now she's, like, chipper about it and happy about it because she has perspective because she went on a hero's journey. But not really. She was more, like, falling down a lot in a hero's journey and getting rescued consistently. Yeah. Um, But I guess I have to ask, since this is a feminist podcast, would they have done that to a male hero? Is this movie telling us a story about a remarkable figure who is a woman who is supposed to only acknowledge her incredible amount of power internally and then actively hide it from others because the idea that she could be powerful is quote-unquote crazy? Yeah. Her family would have her uh, locked up and she wouldn't blame them. What? So, I mean, I think... I think my second hot take is I think that they have made this movie so dumb because there is a woman, like, the thing that people say about this is, isn't it great that we have a film where uh, Channing Tatum is second banana to a woman, right? But I'm saying, but I think that they make her not so inactive and, like, not drive cars around and, like, constantly be changing clothes like she's some sort of inane Barbie doll and, like, all this stuff. Because she is a leading woman, and that makes it worse. Yeah, that's no, so much I, more harmful. I don't think that, I don't think that the strength of this movie is that she's Channing Tatum's second banana to her. Her character is very confusing and hard to get a read on. She lacks agency. She lacks initiative and ambition and a backstory and anything. We get so much more of his backstory than we do hers. Like, yeah, we heard about. How her dad died before she was born, but that is not a backstory, you know?
1: No, she wasn't even born she yet. She wasn't
0: there. She didn't exist. And wouldn't it be wouldn't it be a, wouldn't it have been nice and cozy if it turns out that one of these warring factions are the people that killed her dad? But no, don't don't worry. It's not. It doesn't have to be. They don't feel the need that. to tie that up for us. No. Um. But. I don't think that they would have... If Channing Tatum was the star of this film and she was his second banana, I don't think it would have ended with Channing Tatum scrubbing a toilet. And I think that they only allow that to happen because she's a woman. So I think it is actively like I think it is actively doing the very thing that it's setting out not to do and that's very annoying. It's very it's like weird the most annoying. The movie starts and it is like you're watching Made in Manhattan basically. Like she's like trying on the expensive jewelry from like these people own and at the end it's like well I'm still going to be a maid but I'm going to like own my own business and climb up and like she doesn't even do that much. Like there's n- there's nothing. There's nothing that she there's also, there's also a really weird... It's hard for her to be immoral when your star, when your lead, when your protagonist does not have any agency. That's all I'm going to say. And also they kind of rob most women in the film of having agency. So like her mother was, was a po- applied per, uh, mathematics professor, which is like a difficult thing to do. 100%. And Right. And then she comes to America. She's an undocumented citizen, so she has to be a maid. There is no... We are not invited to even ask ourselves if that's not appropriate. <laughs> like, yeah. the, the movie makes no comment on that at all. Yeah, no, so it's like, not talking about a- how, like, it sucks to be an immigrant in America, and if you are undocumented, like, this is the life you live. It, this movie doesn't do any of the work. No. So, like, and, but it's, like, introduced as, like, kind of something that you would think it would pay off on, and then it doesn't do that. Oh. And then, so, I kind of, another, so, I basically started just, like, kind of jotting things down. So, I was, like, well, maybe, maybe this is, she says at one point, uh, Jupe says at one point, the more you care about, the, the more the care, the more the world finds a way to hurt you. And I was, like, well, maybe that's, like, central to this. But I kind of don't think so. <laughs> like, yeah. or... I think that instead what they settle for is, cause that's like, that's like a, that's a shocking thing to say and, and kind of fits with her whole, like, I hate my life kind of idea, like sort of this like detached way she goes about interacting with people and like just all of that stuff. Like maybe that kind of makes it all make sense. Yeah. But then what's really weird is, so when she and Shannon Tatum are like floating out in space and they look at the earth, this thing that she owns, like, Right. Yeah. And and they both are so happy, like they're both so happy to see it and and be like, yes, that's the thing. We've saved that thing and I own that thing. It struck me as being such a weird comment to make when if you see the world, like if you see the world from space, many astronauts have said this, the the song Major Tom is entirely about this, that like, You feel existential pain seeing how small and insignificant and fragile the world is compared to, like, the vastness of space. And in this movie, they try to do kind of the opposite, where they're like, Earth's all you need. That's all you got. So, So why do we even go to space? It doesn't matter. You could have this story taking place with just, like, weird mob bosses on Earth. I think the moral really is supposed to be that, like, she thought she wanted something better, but this is the life she actually wants, and that's why it's so lovely to go back to, like, your own planet, but it doesn't... There's The world is blue, and that's where she belongs, so she's going back. As opposed to Major Tom, who's going to cut himself off and seek a better world. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. I So, and then there's, like, all this sort of... I'm deeply uncomfortable with the concept that we introduce all these things that are like kind of social justice stuff, even to like extreme points. Like a movie about humans owning other humans as cattle to be like harvested and liquefied later seems like it would be allow about you to that? have that's pr- well, About, about like solving that problem, not just saving one yeah, planet. But like about something stronger. Yeah, but I'm not even sure we're asked to think that the, what they're doing is necessarily wrong. Like, we do know it is wrong because it's so clearly wrong, yeah. but there's no, like, like she, her ending message is, I'm, I'm not your mother, as opposed to, it's wrong to kill people who are genetically identical to yes. you. It is wrong to own other people. Like, we don't have a moment, and the fact that she owns the earth at the end, I think really, really, like, ruins that and makes this me fear that this movie does not want to have definitive commentary about caste systems yeah cannibalism slavery Which, and i and personhood. i wrote this it is 100% cannibalism i don't care if they're not eating it that is what this system What's is talking about it's consumption yeah. like well, like ca- or even like capitalism of owning other people like like this is a movie that is too afraid to say that slavery is wrong that's weird. That's a weird thing to do, and it makes me fear. Yeah, that Yeah, that's this movie... not a hot take. Just like yeah, just like just episodes sucks. and episodes ago when we said infanticide was wrong. <laughs> like you know, yeah. anti-infanticide, anti-slavery. That's, that's basic, guys. Come on, we're not going to so win awards. So I kind awards. of feel, I kind of feel like this movie is about libertarians being right because Ugh. gross. jupe is a single person who has inherited fantastic power through doing nothing and has charitably decided to save mankind and we all should be really grateful to her for that she doesn't change the system that would allow her to own the earth she's totally happy to own the earth she's just choosing to do the right thing by not benefiting monetarily from it as much as she could and we need to be grateful. She's a hero for that. Yep. What's weird about this movie is it clearly was meant to have a sequel. And they even talked about that. It's just like, what? What even? Like, were they trying to leave? Was this just trying to introduce a world? I don't. I don't know what they were trying to do with this film. But that is the only thing I can try to assume is that, like, you know, episode two would be, like, her ha- trying to take down the system, maybe. But, like, nothing about the end of this film suggests that. That whole well, cheesy-ass sequence where she's like, I'm actually going on a date and everyone asks going to ask all these questions about the guy. And she's like, I-, I don't know. I don't know any of the answers to your questions. Like, that's awful. But that it's just the mm-hmm. worst. And everyone just, like, laughs and laughs. She's going on a date so much oh, she doesn't know. And it's like, oh, also, you know him a little bit. And also, like, yeah, anyway. That's I mean, like, yeah no i think somebody asks what's his last name and she says she doesn't know um which is weird um but going back to your point about like how this was supposed to be like a like a new universe yes I, they say so it it has weird it has weird mix of things so this movie script was originally 600 pages which means that what we see here is about a third of the movie script, what we like watch. So you would think that this movie was supposed to be a trilogy and potentially she was supposed, and since there are three siblings, I would think what this would mean is we would work our way up to her finally facing Stephen Hawking at the very, very end. And we'd start, like we'd go through and I'm like, and the the wedding, which when she almost gets married to Titus, that would have been like the Empire Strikes Back moment, where everything ends and it's really yep. dark, and then it rises from the ashes, and uh, may, and maybe they can stick two teddy bears on Channing Tatum's back as opposed to wings, and those could be the Ewoks, and everything will be happy at the end. Totally. But like, but like, but okay, so the, the, that's the argument that's made. Like maybe this movie is just so cut down. That it becomes silly and meaningless and, and like just garbled for no reason. The problem but is, it, I don't think that the backbone of it makes any enough sense to have yeah. faith in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, if that was the case, why did she face all the siblings now? She killed the scariest sibling at the end of this movie. So it's not as if it doesn't seem to me like there could be three more, like, two more movies after this one. Yeah. So it's not like they cut the script down to, a to like, a reasonable third, and then they were like, and we're going to come out with two more movies when this movie makes so much money. It just seems like they just, like, compressed this movie into one. So, like, what was this universe going to be? Were we going to, like, have a whole movie about those those dinosaur gargoyle men? Oh, like, that would have <laughs> what been What is awful. this? That would have been the worst movie of all time is my take on that. Um, I hated those gargoyle dinosaur men, though, so they that's They were just me. incredibly, incredibly stupid. Um. Huh. Yeah. It's just, it's it's very, very <laughs> distressing. Mary, might I ask you, <coughs> do you feel that this movie is important? <laughs> this movie is not <laughs> important nor noise and feminists. It's the opposite of both of those things. Oh, lovely. Um, it's yeah. like, it's like... It's like a Virginia Slims, you've come a long way, baby, of movies. It's like we want to have credit for creating a world where there, we have a, a strong female protagonist, but we decide we're going to like chop her off from anything that would allow her to be awesome and allow her to kick ass and do things that are important and good in her world. And instead, we just have her kind of like bandied about in an incomprehensible universe with incomprehensible characters, and we're going to pretend that that's a feminist statement, but it's not. It actually reminds me a lot of Annihilation in that way. Oh, yes. Another movie we lo- <laughs> we loved. <laughs> oh, man. It does. I-, I think Annihilation deserves to be taken a tiny, tiny bit more seriously. I oh, yeah. More I think Annihilation themes. does more than this because it actually chooses themes, you know? We might not agree that they're, like, necessarily... The best themes are well executed, but it has themes. This movie, what are our... Like, I... (sighs) Sorry. I just, I don't think it makes clear enough choices to be clear what thematically is supposed to be the most important, you know? Well, so, another classic thing that I've heard people say about in defense of this movie is that... So, the Wachowskis were given a... Budget of 175 million dollars. So much money. So much. And they money. used every, And they spent every penny of it. And what people say, that say is, tricky. sure, it's, it's so much money. So you'll say, sure, it's it's like it's like more money than the, the Civil War cost. And you'll say, it's such it's such it's so it's actually good though because you know we're in a we're in an age where you can't make risky films anymore. And people say, like, it's a big swing and it's a big miss, but it's important because, like, Hollywood movies should be willing to take risks. And I agree with that. But I will say that Sorry to Bother You had a budget of a little bit over three mil. Oh, my God. Yes. So for this budget, you could have made 54 versions of Sorry to Bother You, which is a huge swing and a huge hit and is amazing. And so that... To me that's a false economy No, instead what we did was We gave, you, we gave people We handed into untrustworthy hands f- 54 Sorry to bother you's And they turned out A terrible movie That didn't say anything important In fact is completely unwoke Sets us back in terms of yeah. Strong female protagonists In science fiction films And that is a crime <laughs> That was an absolute crime Agreed. agreed, agreed, agreed. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's just, it's just a damn shame. It's a damn shame. It's a damn a shame. Crying shame. It's a crying da- I felt like the only feminist moment in this entire film is when uh, Ju- J- Jupiter presses that maxi pad to Kane's side. Oh my God, I noted that like Everyone acts so weird about that. Like, it's a goddamn pad. It basically, it's like cotton balls. Like, and both... Also, he and Stinger okay, make a big deal about carry, it. Do you carry menstrual products in your glove box? <laughs> Mixing no. up with your, like, no, ancient that's, maps? That's, that's where my insurance, my proof of insurance, and my registration are. Um, yeah, you know. if you get pulled over for speeding, do you want to produce a maxi pad attached to <laughs> it? It's much to registration. No, it's it's bananas. It's just. It's just. It's 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 just. This whole movie is just. Yeah. It's just. All right. I have one final one final question that I have to ask. Yes. Sorry. Will <laughs> Sheen Bean's daughter be okay when she comes back from getting groceries? Right. She just fucking disappears. It's like she's very <laughs> sick, and I'm like. Oh yeah! Is she gonna be okay when she comes home and her house is a crater in a wilted cornfield and her dad is nowhere to be found? I wouldn't be okay. Just so we're clear, would not be okay. Like, do you think she's? Do you think she's coming back with like a like a a bag full of like toasted pastry roast? strudel and a <laughs> pot roast and yeah. she's just like she's just like what the hell happened here? also what? when does she come back because I have to be like wait are we gonna see oh no oh oh no she's just here to cough which takes us back to things I've talked about before which is like what like why do we only cough on screens if someone's dying because people cough in normal life but also like I, I get it like if you're gonna waste screen time but like I just love it <coughs> and therefore she's dying yeah, and what would have been nice is if she needed genetics to fix her, but they were using it. They were wasting it on uh, skin cream. Right. I don't like, know if, if they had explained that at all, but it's unclear what treatment she needs no, no. or anything. Completely opaque. Yeah. Completely opaque. I would believe that there was more to that story that got cut, and instead, and that that actor was just like, like, like the grips daughter or something, and they were like, well, we can't, we can't cut her entirely out of the movie because. Because she's she's you know, yeah. She's she's Julie. We love her. We yeah. can't throw her out. So they just like kept her. But it's just incomprehensible. Yeah. But I, she's the character that I care about the most. I'm very worried about. I her honestly trip to the grocery spent a long time thinking about her during this movie, being like, <laughs> where is she? I was like, <laughs> don't she pop come back? back? Down to see her? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Never. Literally never. Um. You know. Whatever. Great. All right. Enough. Enough, Gnug. I'm done talking about <laughs> Jupiter ascending. Juniper ascending, as I've been calling it in my head for I'm, days. I'm tipping my hat to you and to this film and wishing it adieu. Adieu! <laughs> I say <coughs> adieu! Good day, sir. Good day. Um, Good day, sir. Do you think that I keep thinking it's Juniper Ascending because when I watch it, I desperately want to drink gin? I literally, every time you mention Juniper, I'm like, obviously, it's because we're thinking about gin. I think it might be. (laughs) I'm positive it is. All right. So it's the new year. We're all fat, broke, cold. That's just the way of it. Huzzah. So, huzzah. (laughs) So, I think with this next film, we should we should have a bit of fun, and we should celebrate a love too pure for this world between an archery champ, Mensa member Gina Davis, and the king of chaos Jeff Goldblum in the neon drenched camp classic, "Earth Girls Are Easy," which they were one hundred percent married while they made it. Yeah. Yeah. Check out our social meds for an Amazon affiliate link also in your description here for Earth Girls Are Easy because it's supporting us is lovely. and it's very yeah. affordable and also and su- getting- support local artists. It's great. Yeah, you're, you're supporting also- everyone. You're supporting the creators. You're supporting us. Everyone. You're supporting Gina Davis. Everyone gets, a, everyone gets a slice of the pie. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, and thank you for listening to Space Bras. Head over to Apple Podcasts or the platform of your choice to subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. Um, yeah, five reviews. Stars, yeah, five stars. Um, and be sure to visit outrageousmechanisms slash space dash bras to see our show notes and find other excellent podcasts. And follow and find us on social media. And now, join us as we raise our glasses and give the official toast of Space Bras in these troubled times. We must remember that even though everyone might suck, we are awesome and the galaxy is ours. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers. An outrageous mechanism's production.